Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, happy Wednesday, all you Valley sports fans. What is going on? I am Dan Bickley alongside Vince Morata, and today we get a respite. No Jared Carlin. To which I say, good. Bring it on. I could use a break. Sarah and Lauren are here, Sarah though. Sarah and Lauren are both here. Welcome. Hey. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey. hey. Uh, today is the first day of winter. It's the winter solstice. Did you know that? I did I, I knew the date, but it didn't dawn on me. That it is today the, was the day. It is the shortest day of the year today. Sunset at five twenty-four. Well, Ooh. I mean, technically, yeah. scientifically, that's probably right. It already feels like one of the longest days of the year to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no it kidding. just got started. What are you talking about? <sighs> I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm. I'm beat right now. Oh, okay. Those back to backs, man. Oof. Well, listen. I have as much energy. No one's as the asking you to moonlight night. as a public address announcer. No, something you choose to do. It is something right. I choose That's to do. That's right. You're right. That's right. So. But you can be tired anyway. No, no, we. I, I certainly acknowledge that as well. It's a sweatpants Wednesday, Sarah. Ooh, <laughs> man, I didn't get your text. Why am I wearing denim? Oh man, we can we can do uh, because tomorrow's the the last day before the holiday break, uh, as it as it were. We can go sweatpants Thursday. Okay. okay, who's with me? I'll, I yeah, I guess I, I. There's something freeing about doing a sports radio show in sweatpants. In sweatpants? The level of comfort you feel is just second. <laughs> the second level to none. of looseness that you feel. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the um, th- this weekend we're all going to be reminded how lucky we are to live in this particular city. Oh my goodness! Uh, it is it is going to be so cold across most of the country. How cold will They're it be? They're saying this is going to be one of the coldest Christmases. in in decades, decades, it's going to be 70 degrees here. <laughs> Bless. Bless. Right. After this cold snap we've had where, uh, you know, there were, there's been times in the past couple of weeks walking around Phoenix, you're like, well, it's a little bit chilly out here. 70 degrees on Christmas just doesn't, it's, I mean, it's a flex, but it doesn't feel right, does it? No. That's the I one agree. day it should be kind of cold. I don't want to sweat on Christmas Day. Cold and sunny yeah. is a perfect combination for Phoenix Christmas. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. certainly not bad. Yeah. All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover. We've got a dawn of new era in Phoenix. Lauren, push that magic ferret button thing that Jared hits. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> the Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The 
Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, that new dawn that Bick spoke of. The Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury have a new owner. It is Matt Ishbia, the president and CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage out of Michigan. He is the man who will pay in the neighborhood of $4 billion for the enterprise. Ishbia, a former walk-on who played under Tom Izzo for four years at Michigan State in the late 90s and early 2000s, went to three Final Fours, won a championship with the team. He is still subject to a background check and a vote of approval from the NBA's Board of Governors. But apparently that'll be a formality Mm -hmm. uh, because of the familiarity the NBA has with him. He's been in pursuit of uh, a franchise somewhere in sports. Oh, yeah. Um, He's the youngest owner in the NBA at age 42. Uh, Woke up from the nap yesterday and didn't expect to see that flood of news, but here we are. Um, And I, I, I get the same feeling you do. And a lot of people were talking about it last night at Footprint Center. Just uh, out with the old, in with the new. Oh, how about it? Uh, this is this is such a wonderful story on so many levels for for those of us who have lived with this team for the past eighteen years. Um, it, this is a reprieve that a lot of sports uh, towns do not get, and the guy who is now taking the baton seems seems much better qualified to be the kind of owner we need. It certainly seems that way. Um, I don't know if it's ironic or not, but uh, Real Sports from HBO just did a piece on Matt Ishbia and his role as a deep-pocketed donor for Michigan State Athletics that aired right before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gave a glimpse into the culture he's created at United Wholesale Mortgage, which started as a very small company and in the last 20 years and in the last decade especially has ballooned to one of the giants in that industry uh, that allowed him to make this purchase. So um, we've talked well, so apparently much. Apparently, he's got a, a major rivalry going on with Dan Gilbert in that oh. business, in that realm. Yeah, let's call it like the, like it is. They hate each yeah. other. So a, so a Suns Cavaliers NBA Finals would be kind of fun. So Mortgage the, Wars. So the vote, Mortgage Wars. The vote by the Board of Governors won't be unanimous, is what you're saying. That, yeah, right. right. <laughs> no, but but you're right. See, the difference is this guy is already definitely in good standing. He's yes. been one of these guys who has approached the league and gotten into that pool and said, hey, I want to buy if something comes up. And he's been sniffing around a lot of different franchises. He apparently was looking into the Broncos at one point in time. So so it's not like he's motivated just because it's Phoenix, but but his his generosity, his willingness to spend money, his background in sports – that those are all good things, good boxes to check. I agree. Uh, Suns on the court. They couldn't win their fourth straight last night. Fought back from a 17-point deficit to take a 10-point fourth quarter lead, only to fall behind again by nine. They lose 113-110 to 110 to the Wizards in what was a really strange game in downtown Phoenix. Yeah. Suns were lethargic early, got back into it behind strong bench play. Uh, Kyle Kuzma led Washington with 29 points. Bradley Beal, who was not good for three quarters of the game, ended up with 27, 16 of those in the fourth. Landry Shamit tied a Suns record with nine three-pointers and had 31 points. DeAndre Ayton, 30 points, 13 rebounds. No Devin Booker with the second straight, for the second straight game, but a lot of people focusing on the communication between players, between players and coaches, and we'll get into that today as well. Yeah, D.A., for, uh, for as gaudy as those numbers were, messed up big time at the end of the game, and he heard about it mm-hmm. very publicly yes. from Mikhail Bridges. He heard about it from Monty Williams, and... 
So it goes. Suns wrap up their homestand on Friday with their first meeting of the year with John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies at Footprint Center. Cardinals have the day off on Tuesday. They'll be back on the practice field today to get ready for their Christmas Day game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at State Farm Stadium, meaning we'll get our first look at the Week 16 injury report. Spoiler alert, it's going to be a long one. Uh, Some other news from around the NFL. Mike White officially out this week for the Jets, so it'll be Zach Wilson again getting the start for New York when they host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin anticipates rookie Kenny Pickett will clear concussion protocol and start for Pittsburgh in their Saturday matchup with the Raiders. Uh, Matthew Stafford of the Rams ended any speculation about his future on his wife's podcast, of all places. Kelly Stafford asked him if he plans to retire this offseason. Stafford answered no. He's on injured wait reserve. A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. With wait a, a concussion minute. and his neck injury. His wife asked him if he was going to retire on a podcast? Yes. It's her the, show. It's the most... <laughs> that might be the most 2022 <laughs> item we've ever had in the oh Splash. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Uh, sad news from the football world. Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris passed away at the age of 72. Just two days away from the 50th anniversary of Harris's Unreal. immaculate reception in an improbable playoff win against the Raiders in 72. The Steelers and Raiders play each other on Christmas Eve. Uh, Harris ran for 12,120 yards in his career, which is still 15th on the all-time list. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about this a little bit later on. Franco Harris gave the city of Pittsburgh and the NFL one of the most iconic moments in sports history. Yes. And they just showed it on television. Every time I've flown into Pittsburgh, I laugh because you walk through the airport, there's a statue of Franco Harris next to a statue, I think, of George Washington. Yeah. Yeah, they're about equal. They're about equal. The fathers of our country. (laughs) (laughs) And and for, for him to pass suddenly on this weekend is... Very, very surreal. Yeah, and it's sad. Uh, Carlos Correa was set to be introduced as a member of the Giants on Tuesday after agreeing to a 13-year, $350 million deal with San Francisco. That press conference was delayed because an undisclosed medical concern popped up during Correa's physical examination. Most in baseball thought it was a minor hiccup. Well... It opened the door for the New York Mets to sweep in and steal Correa away from the Giants with a 12-year, $315 million contract, which, by the way, is also pending a physical examination. If the deal goes through, Correa would team up with Francisco Lindor in a $656 million middle infield for the Mets. Yeah, the Mets with the payroll tax, their uh, they're, uh, they're salary... What's the, the their payroll is going to be almost a half billion dollars this season. It's like four hundred and eighty nine million Just for one dollars season. for one season. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just crazy. Yeah, and they've set the bar. Anything less than a World Series championship is is not acceptable. Uh, fifth ranked Arizona beat Montana State eighty. Was it eighty six fifty six eighty five sixty four eighty five sixty four? I did write it down. All right, uh, in Tucson <laughs> last night, Kirk Carissa led the uh, Wildcats in uh, eighteen points. Arizona now eleven and one. They'll host Morgan State in Tucson on Thursday. Twenty fifth ranked ASU in action tonight, traveling to San Francisco to take on the Dons in their final pre Christmas game and their final non conference game of the season. That game tips at 8. Pre-game coverage 7.30 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. GCU edged Idaho State 68-66 to move 
improved to 9-4, and 7-1 and one at home. Coyotes are on the road tonight in Vegas against the Golden Knights. Puck drops at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage gets underway at 7.30 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Boom. There you go. There is your splash for Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Coming up next, yes, there is a feeling of a new dawn, a new era in Phoenix with the Suns as Matt Ishbia set to become the next owner of the Suns and Mercury. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday, live from the Akchin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley, Vince Morata. Pickley and Morata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Is it possible not to have the new dawn? I think you used that terminology in your column on ArizonaSports.com, Vic. Yeah. And this is the song that came to mind. All right. It's been covered by everybody, so we might as well play the cool version from Muse. Uh, Feeling good, new dawn, new day, new life. The Phoenix Suns have a new owner, Matt Ishbia. 42 years old, a giant in the mortgage brokerage uh, uh, industry who's uh, really grown his company, had designs on owning a franchise, and the Phoenix Suns will be that franchise. The deal has been finalized. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's still subject to uh, approval by the NBA Board of Governors, a process that in similar sales recently, Bic, takes about six weeks. Uh, The Utah Jazz example took about six weeks, so... By February 1st, this could be signed, sealed, delivered, and the beginning of that, that new yeah. era, which the Phoenix Suns, to their credit, um, the, the on-court product has performed incredibly admirably with the level of you know scrutiny that they've been under from an organization standpoint, mm-hmm. especially over the last year plus. Yeah. Uh, but that is very close to being in the rearview mirror. Yes. And it's yes. very exciting. Yes, it is. Um, I, I think a couple things here. There's there's two elements to this story. Number one, the turning the page era. It's it's a very, I, I think it's a very resonant day for people who lived through the dysfunction of Robert Sarver. And and this is, I'm talking, uh, not I'm not talking about the workplace culture here right now. I'm not talking about Baxter Holmes. I'm talking about the 10 plus years of just utter dysfunctional basketball and and what that did to the Phoenix Suns legacy and what it did to their image. We're talking about not only our heritage franchise in the Valley, but one of the great NBA success stories, a, a small market in the desert that had the fourth best winning percentage in NBA history when Robert Sarver took over the team. And because of Jerry Colangelo, a basketball team that also had an impeccable reputation across the league for being first class for treating everybody properly, for welcoming visitors. Just everything was just elite about the Phoenix Suns. That took a major hit. Last few years, obviously, has been a, a turn for the better for this basketball franchise, largely due to the on-court product and Monty Williams and James Jones and all that. Uh, but this is, for the for the people who've been, who, who ride and die with this team and who's, who've been doing it for a long time, this is, a, this is a very emotional kind of day because it is a new beginning. Now, will Matt issue be all that we hope he will be. We're going to have to find out. Yes. Uh, the, 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 that's going to have to. We, we just can't assume that that he is going to come in and be. We did the same thing with Alex Morello. 
when he bought the Coyotes. We all gushed. Oh, the Coyotes have a billionaire. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Self-made. Right. Wow. Yes. So it's going to be very easy to fall into that trap. I, I would prefer to wait and see for ourselves which way this thing is going to go because anybody who makes these kind of purchases, you know what happens to people who own sports teams. It, it, they are such high-profile buys. The seats at courtside, the vanity plays, the power, the glory, all of it. It can be very intense. Intoxicating, and it can it can it can affect the way people and owners, you know, run basketball, or run franchises. Yes. So we have to wait and see. So let's so we let's hold off on the gushing. Other than to say, everything he brings to the table seems to be perfect. Yes. To 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 get us to the final to the promised land as a basketball franchise. I would agree, but you're, you're exactly right. There's a healthy mixture right now of that excitement. Plus the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And there could be sweeping changes coming. You don't know. I mean, you spend $4 billion on a franchise, and this happens when new bosses take over really at any level. They want their own people. Mm -hmm. They want their own fingerprints on the franchise. Yes. The fact that this is happening during the course of an NBA season I find interesting as well. But one thing that stood out to me in, in, in spending the afternoon yesterday watching videos and reading articles and profiles of Matt Ishbia is... This, at least, you know, step one, Bick, we've talked so much about the culture of the Phoenix Suns. Mm -hmm. And the workplace culture has been in the news far too often for negative reasons in the the last year plus. Um, And apparently the culture that Matt Ishbia has built with his mortgage company is off the charts. This is a guy who, you know... One of one of the articles I read says he picks up the phone every day and calls three or four employees just to tell them, "Hey, I'm do- they're doing a good job." Mm-hmm. We look at the last ownership. You know, there's a lot of people that worked in that building for a long time in different roles that never had any interaction with the owner at all, good or bad. And sometimes, if it was interaction at all, it was bad. Mm-hmm. You only got noticed because you screwed something up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, where we stand right now, the excitement for this, for me, outweighs that fear of the oh, unknown. Oh, there's no doubt about that. There, I, listen, there's no doubt about that. I just, I just think we need to table the idea that that we won't know until we know. Mm-hmm. But but I do think that this is a it's a wonderful time for this to happen. I would the fact that it came literally a day after the second Baxter Holmes report is quite something to me. Mm-hmm. It's quite very interesting to me um, if that is purely coincidental or if that if that report was a little goose to the to the process or what it was, but I'm I'm so happy it's happening now because I I think at some point in time if there is a hold on these draft picks relative to the sale of the franchise and if Matt Ishbia can release those holds uh, then James Jones can start wheeling and dealing a little bit that is true and that's something that appears to be still cloudy of whether or not that's a fact one thing we do know about Matt Ishbia is he is an aggressive guy Um, and I mentioned the profile that HBO Real Sports did on him 
right before Thanksgiving. And I hadn't seen the piece until yesterday, quite honestly, and I do love that show. Uh, but the, it ended. Jonathan Jones, who's the guy who was breaking Cardinals news over the weekend for CBS Sports, he's a new correspondent for HBO uh, and Real Sports. And at the end of the piece, as they do, he sat down with Bryant Gumble, And this is the way the exchange ended. You know, I know that he has not wanted to put out, just like so many billionaires, right. where his money goes and whatnot. But right. obviously he's been trying to save a nice little sum to go out there and potentially buy a franchise. Right. I saw that, that he has expressed some interest in um, owning the, the Washington Commanders, or at least putting in a bid for them. Is that his ultimate goal, to be an owner of a franchise? Absolutely. I would not at all be surprised, and he told me, don't be surprised if I am the controlling owner of a pro sports franchise, NBA or NFL, this time next year. Again, the air date was <laughs> November 22nd, so yeah. the wheels were in motion at that point, and um, at this time next month could have been the terminology used. Yeah, I, I really like what is uh, the, what the NBA has done in this regard. They basically, um, because obviously rich people who want to buy sports franchises, there's a lot of that. There's like basically a pool. And so the league gets to vet these candidates and get to know these candidates before these uh, transactions take place. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it, the NBA seems to be very, very cool with Matt Ishbia. Uh, the fact that he's been very generous to his almost, I mean, extremely generous to Michigan State is a very good sign. Yes. Right, because that means he cares about his teams. He wants to fund the teams he loves. And now if this is his own team, yeah, it's, it's, there, there have been a lot of people who now, you know, we talked in the opening part of this show about the difference in weather <laughs> this time of year in terms of Phoenix and the rest of the country. And it, it, the right kind of ownership piece in Phoenix has made a lot of people realize this could truly be a great destination market in the NBA. Yes. Now and, that the, right. the, the, the team is improved. The, the, the facility is improved. Yep. The, the practice facility yep. is in place, and yep. it's world class. I mean, it, it, it's all lining up. You're it's exactly all lining right. up. So, so it's all there. So this was. So I'm tremendously excited because this is this is the last piece we need to get that championship. Yeah, we'll have a lot on Matt Ishbia not only today but uh, in the weeks following uh, because this is still. Has to has to be approved by the Board of Governors, mm-hmm. but it seems like that's a formality. Yeah. You can text your thoughts uh, to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And it's good to have a, a shred of optimism on a Wednesday morning in Phoenix. Because we're going to talk about the Cardinals <laughs> next. Oh. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's tough to watch. I mean, it, it, the the future is bleak right now when you really look at it and you look at the timeline of things. So Kyler blows his knee out beginning of December. You got to throw in nine months, maybe 12, depending on the process and any hiccups in, in the process. So he, he's on a short timetable. Um, they've got a lot of positions to fill. They've been banged up everywhere. DJ Humphreys has been hurt. Um, they, they've lost guys uh, in the front, on the back end of their defense. So it, it's just been one of those years. Former Cardinals quarterback Carson Palmer on the 33rd team podcast. Yeah, hard to watch is a great way to uh, boil it down to a three-word phrase to describe the Arizona Cardinals in 2022. The problem is, and uh, Carson Palmer kind of hinted at it there, Bick, Mm -hmm. um, the future is so murky with all the free agents they have now with possible, maybe probable upheaval in the front office. This went from being... um, Man, a, a promising season in, in 2022, at least 
thinking it was to just an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, and and so what's going to happen from here on out is going to be anybody's guess. But I I don't I don't expect a great deal of participation. Maybe not a whole lot of want to left in this football team. I, I think Christmas night might be an aberration, might be different because it is such a big platform. You know, and, and you think about the state of the fan base, and it, logically you might think more people would want to duck out of a Christmas game if the team isn't good. I think it's probably the opposite. I think it's sort of part of the festivities. If you're a season ticket holder and you know that they've, there's been a game on Christmas, you probably you built it into your plan. It's been baked. In. It's been baked in for a while. So I, I, I think the vibe this weekend will be good. But I, I again, I, I would be shocked if. I hate to say, it, I'd be shocked if DeAndre Hopkins plays much. I mean, the guys who have stuff to lose. What, what are you going to get from them? That's that's what you wonder about at this time. Zombie football. Zombie football. Man. You've been saying that for years, and this is the, the, the clearest cut example we've had in Arizona. But can, can I give you an example, though, oh, yeah. of maybe the fan base uh, sure. attitude going into yeah. this game? My son called me last night, and he says, do you have any interest in going to the Cardinals game on Christmas? And my just gut reaction immediately was, I have zero interest in going to the game. And I felt horrible as a father because mm-hmm. here's my son asking me to go to a game with tickets that he purchased, but he bought these tickets at the beginning of the year, fi- figuring it would be a big game. Oh, Tom yeah. Brady and the Buccaneers and Kyler coming Murray. in yeah. against Kyler Murray. Yeah. And he spent good money on them, and now oh, he boy. doesn't even want to go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But I think that's something that we might we might see we might see this wave of apathy. Um, last yeah. year the Cardinals played on Christmas Day and it didn't go well. They lost to the Colts, but that was a team that was still in contention. They mm-hmm. were they were kind of in the beginning stages or maybe the middle stages of that late season collapse. But there was still excitement about that game. I just feel zero. Other than Tom Brady playing at State Farm Stadium, because the Buccaneers aren't any good either. This is a big game for them because they're trying to hold off the other three horrible teams in their division for a playoff spot. It just... The, the crowd might be full of zombies on, on Sunday. Yeah, listen, I, I think it's interesting. I, I reference Walter Mitchell a lot. He writes for Revenge of the Birds, and I do it because I think he's got an interesting perspective. And I, and I think from the way he writes, he's a former football coach from back in the day. He, he pointed out something that did not dawn on me, but I think it's poignant, that the two worst seasons in Steve Kimes' 10-year, 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 10-year. Wait, huh-huh? <laughs> <laughs> were seasons in which he had to take a leave of absence. Wow. Right? So there was the suspension in 2018 because of the extreme DUI when he was sent home. And then that was the Steve Wilkes, Mike McCoy year. Three and 13. Right. And then this year, same thing. Undisclosed health issues. And right. Might be looking at another 13 loss season. And in between, so when Steve Kime came back to that job after being away, it almost felt like a mad, it's felt like a mad scramble ever since, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now we're in a situation here. Yeah. Again, this is really kind of where I'm operating from is this idea that Michael Bidwill, for whatever reasons, whatever these, whatever this medical absence happens to be, um, I think he has decided it is time to move on past this general manager. I didn't think that was going to happen given uh, the cronyism that has been here to this point. 
But to me, that that is a huge step for this franchise to take. Yeah. Because th- th- that's where it's got to start. Now, the idea of Cliff Kingsbury moving forward, I don't know where that's going to go. Because you could make a real compelling case that this might not be the time to do it. The fact that that whole story came up yesterday about how the NFL has wasted so much money on buying out coaches. And the New York Giants are paying three coaches at once right now. Former coaches. And, and, and it's like, where did that story come from? And how does that apply to, to Arizona? And so you could almost look at this and go, yeah, Cliff's going to come back. I think even Wolf said that's his feeling. But then I look at this home performance from this football team. And as I said in the blast yesterday, that's Michael Bidwell's baby. That stadium and what's happened in terms of what that stadium means is horrible. Yeah, but I mean, is it still his baby? I mean, if you want to, if you want to use that as the analogy, that baby's going to be old enough to get into rated <laughs> R movies next year. <laughs> so it's not it's, it's it's the, the, the glow it's the is key on. to the Super Bowl coming here. You know how important that is. It is. I think you know the the climate in Phoenix in early February has a lot to do with the the that uh, you know Phoenix being in the rotation. The Cardinals, I, I still don't know how they played a Super Bowl at Sun Devil Stadium back in '96, <laughs> but they, it? they did it. Uh-huh. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury on his front, uh, he sat down with uh, Wolf and Luke on Monday for his weekly visit and was just asked, "Hey, have you ever experienced a year like this before?" Yeah, I have not. I have not. Um, seems like each week, uh, you know, something else is, is popping up. We're dealing with, but um, much respect to the players and, and their attitudes, and continue to uh, show up and handle their business. Yeah, you just, I, I think it's fair to ask, and I'm not indicting any of the players. I think there's a lot of human nature that goes into this too. When you set yourself up for a season, and there's a big mental, physical preparation for what you're yes. about to go through, and the goals are very clear cut, and it becomes very clear to you that your goals are not reachable. Human nature says check out. Yeah, so three right. three games left, there could be a big check out. I don't know. We'll see. No, I, I, I'm afraid of that happening. And I you know I I don't at this point, I'm not rooting for the Cardinals to quote unquote play their best football or or to stack wins or or, or to even win a game. That would be detrimental to the rebuild that they need to undergo. That's, and that's the other element that's in the air here. Even their diehard fans don't want them to win at this point. And that's just a that's just a very natural, humanistic kind of reaction. Nothing personal, but there's nothing left to be gained this year. Yeah. I mean, you, know, if, you don't know how it shakes out. I mean, the Cardinals got roasted that year when uh, Josh McCown found, uh, who was it? Nate Poole. Nate Poole, that's right, for that miracle pass in it the end zone. It was a miracle pass. That eliminated the Vikings from the playoffs, but it also knocked their draft position down one. But they right. ended up with, with Larry Fitzgerald. With Larry Fitzgerald, so it worked dead. out. It worked out. Okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, that was that was quite something. That Josh McCown passed in eight pool. The degree of difficulty on that was only a couple of ticks below Ben Roethlisberger to uh, what's that guy? San Antonio. Holmes. Yeah, him. The difference is Nate Pool had both feet <laughs> down in the end zone. Uh, the football season is winding down, but you still have time to get in on Bix Picks. Text PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. If you're a weekly winner, you get an NFL jersey of your choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. You want to get entered, just text the word PICK to 620-620. Coming up next, the NFL has lost an icon. We'll get into that and more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports. Sports leader.
Bickley and Morata. Hash marks. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Michael Harris has it. One million to one odds on this one. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. That was 50 years ago, the Immaculate Reception, an event that is being celebrated by the NFL this weekend. Steelers and Raiders getting together in Pittsburgh, the site of that game. Of course, the stadium's different, but the man who caught the pass won't be there to enjoy the celebration. Yeah. Uh, sad news. That's brutal. Franco Harris passed away at the age of uh, 72 this morning. Yeah. Um, and it, it, there's certain celebrity deaths that hit you differently. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a Steelers fan, although I think for any kid who grew up in the 70s and 80s, there was always that the Steelers were everywhere. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. They were America's team in the 70s and 80s, yes. with, with all due respect to the Dallas Cowboys. And there wasn't a kid anywhere in the country, I know this was the case you know, in my experience, that didn't pretend they were Franco Harris on the playground. At some point in time, I had a, a Franco Harris replica jersey that I wore uh, in high school because I was one of those kids who gravitated to the Steelers because my sporting options in Chicago that time were just, it was dreck. It yeah. was just bad news. Um, here's what I think about this. First of all, th- this moment, this immaculate reception, it's one of the most iconic moments in NFL history. It's top three of all time. Of all the great plays you have seen in the NFL, this one is top three of all time um, for a lot of different reasons. But what's always been so weird about it is Terry Bradshaw throws this pass downfield. It's the last play of the game. And the pass gets broken up by Jack Tatum. And the ball goes ricocheting back towards the line of scrimmage. And at that point, the lead cameraman loses the shot. Yes. So the people watching the game don't see that. So the highlight is a is is a merger of two different shots of the play. Yes. Which has always been a weird element to the highlight. But, but watching it live, and I think that game was on NBC because that was Kirk Gowdy on, on yeah. the call. Yeah. Franco Harris literally comes out of nowhere just running. He's, you don't he's see running it. after the play. And you can't blame the camera person because it was no. such an unorthodox carom. Right. Uh, unlike what we saw in Fox last week uh, with just cameramen missing routine plays <laughs> down the field. <laughs> Nothing was worse than that game in Vegas earlier this year. Oh, my goodness. So, Franco Harris, so the ball gets uh, deflected, and now it's going back the other direction. Franco Harris is just running, trailing the play. The ball's coming at him. He reaches down, and he gets it. He catches it just before it hits the ground. So, that's that's weirdness number one. Then, when you watch the the highlight, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to get the edge on the Raiders guy, but he does. And then he almost loses his balance and has to tiptoe the last few feet. I had a friend who was uh, grew up in Pittsburgh, and he lived with with uh, 
in a commune of Steelers fans, he was at that game as like a four or five year old. Okay, wow. And he, what he all he remembers from it is after the play happened, everybody, the the adults in the vicinity, pick him up and throwing him up in the air in the stands. <laughs> he just remembers he was just oh. being thrown up. <laughs> right? That's did, did he right. throw up? No, he probably <laughs> did. He probably did. So it, it so it, it really is a remarkable moment in NFL history. And for Franco Harris to pass the weekend, they were about to celebrate this because the Raiders and the Steelers are playing again this weekend in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's just surreal. Yeah. It's this is this has really hit Pittsburgh Pittsburghers, the Yinzers, very, very hard. Yeah, again, I, I, don't know, I don't know if Dave Damashek is doing okay today or not. I doubt it. Um, again, I mean, the name Franco Harris for, for, for guys of our age in that age group, I mean, it didn't get bigger than Franco no, Harris, you're right. Terry Bradshaw. You're Those right Steelers were, were everywhere. Very sad today. Uh, other NFL news, uh, there's been some a lot of speculation of what's going to happen when the Sunday uh, ticket package for DirecTV runs out. And let's face it, the way people consume television has changed. Once upon a time, uh, strapping a satellite dish to the side of your your home or your apartment um, was commonplace because the NFL ticket was revolutionary. The distribution needed to change, and apparently it is. Uh, There are reports this morning, Vic, that YouTube TV has emerged as the favorite to land NFL's Sunday ticket package uh, for out-of-market games. Sides have not finalized the deal, but the Wall Street Journal was the first to report it. Uh, YouTube TV is owned by Google, front-runner for the package that allows fans to watch any game. Uh, interesting. I don't know, and we're going to get into a story as it relates to the Pac-12 later on and maybe streaming um, you know, their package uh, for college football. Uh, on a different outlet. John Wilner is going to join us to talk about that and other Pac-12 news at 745. I don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this move to streaming. Um, and we've had a little bit of a taste of it now. Uh, before this year, we got those sprinklings of games that ended up on a, a, a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Now the Thursday night package has been available on Amazon Prime. Uh, on yeah. Amazon Prime. And, you know... I'm not even talking about the quality of the Thursday night games because largely they've been horrible this year. It's just, it, it's just. I, I guess it's slow to transition yeah, for, for I, a certain hard age for group. Me. Yeah, it's hard for me. I, I, I don't like the rebooting every time you go to change channels. It's not as seamless as as I want it to be. But this is what's really interesting to me, Vinny. There is a report that just came out that said Gen Zers, by and large, unlike any other generation that has come. Uh, before them don't really watch sports the way we did. Yeah. And and so what we're seeing now with sports leagues is they're trying to go to where the, the kids are. Instead of trying to make the kids find them, they're trying to go where the young audience is, trying to meet them where they live. But It's, it's so hard to make a, a viewer change its habits. Oh, You've yeah. got to change yourself for them. Right. And so that's what's happening here. But it's, you know, we have talked anecdotally about, so my kids have grown up in a much different world than I did, where it's not you know, jocks and, and burnouts. It was it was really clear cut in my day, yes. right? Uh-huh. And, and so now the idea of being a jock doesn't mean what it once did. It's not the status. In fact, no. the the not being not cool is almost the new cool. And I wonder if that is. I wonder if that's happening and affecting the future sports audience. That if that if if people grew up watching sports because they felt they had to. To be cool. Status? Yeah. Belonging? Yeah. And if that's been removed, does that mean that 
generations of sports audiences are going to diminish. I don't know, but this is why this is why these products are going to streaming services because that's where the young people live. And hella money. Well, that too, <laughs> and that too. Yeah. I just had a thought when you said you know about uh, the, the clicks. Clicks are they still a thing in school these days? Do do today's kids relate to the Breakfast Club? <laughs> I just, yeah, I just know that in my day and in your day, athletes at school were put on pedestals. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Ah, you might be right. You know what, Vic? I'm going to investigate. Good. I'm going back to school undercover. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> back to school. Yeah. Fast you, times at fill yeah. in the blank you high. You fill in perfectly at high school. <laughs> Man, that guy, looks, that guy steal looks lunch money. <laughs> Give me a quarter. Look, not for nothing. I want your lunch money. I'm going to hit you. Is that chocolate milk? That's my chocolate milk. (laughs) Me and my buddy, Guido. We used to beat up sleeves bags. Just walk up to him and punch him in the face for no reason. That's what he really said that. (laughs) He really said that. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, Suns fall to a reeling Washington Wizards team last night. I'll give you the view I had courtside next. Vinny's view straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.